0: And welcome to Pep talk, the persuasive evangelism podcast. My name is Christy, and as ever, I'm joined by the effervescent Andy Bannister. Andy hello. Hello
1: indeed, Christy. I'm not sure effervescent is quite the word for the middle of the afternoon when I'm recording this but uh but uh, caffeinated might be anyway good to be with you again today.
0: Oh, I'm really glad that you are coffee goes such a long way, but you actually happen to be situated nearly kind of practically in the same city as our guest today Susie Ford. Susie hello. Hello it's lovely to be with you. Oh, I'm really glad that you are with us. Welcome. You are based in North East Fife. I mean are you actually in Dundee? Are you in the same city as Andy? I'm not technically no there is a little a little amount of water between us. Oh, okay, that's, that's that's my bad. Because um, I know that you've you're up to an awful lot um, in your time, aren't you, Susie? You you are the regional worker for Scripture Union. You're a ministry associate for Grace Church Dundee. You're a mum to teenagers. You <laughs> you bake. You do all sorts of things, and it sounds to me like you've just got this amazing and incredible stuff going on. It sounds like you have loads of opportunities for um for evangelism and for conversations and um generating relationships um with with those whom that you talk with can you tell us just a little bit about that how do you find that knowing that you have all these amazing opportunities what's what's life like for you
2: yeah thank you yeah I think it is fair to say I probably am cramming quite a bit into my life um alongside those things I'm also doing a part-time theology degree with Highland Theological College um and yeah I guess I feel doing two part-time jobs in ministry and studying that there would definitely be a desire and yeah to, to be involved in evangelism. And of course, I want to be sharing all this learning that I'm having about Jesus. And he is my favorite subject to speak about. You know, it's great to talk about Jesus, particularly with those people who don't know him and have wonderful questions that we want to explore. But I guess the reality is probably that I don't have quite as many opportunities as you were suggesting, Christy. It's, yeah, it's maybe just not quite, yeah, so open hmm. as I might hope. And in what way is that, Susie? Well, with friends, there's just not so much time for friends. Do you know, as you're trying to juggle a couple of jobs and studying and teenagers are taking up just a little bit more time than than before – so certainly the opportunities as well to run into friends just naturally. Of course, at the moment, we're not doing so much of that anyway. But before, when you've got uh, younger children, you're standing at the school gates at 3 p.m., you do naturally every day run into people and you have good conversations and good opportunities just to say, oh, let's have a coffee or a walk and, and develop relationships. Whereas um, when that part of life sort of moved on, there's maybe less opportunity for keeping up with those friends and you're moving into a different phase of life. Um, and it would be nice to be able to have hobbies and meet new people that way and be going off to do some sort of sport or something. But I haven't so much found the time for that. Um, so I guess, yeah, there's less opportunities in that regard. And then with church work, we are, we are struggling, aren't we? I think in general, we're all struggling to find time to be making friends and to be sharing the gospel. So we maybe are not bringing so many people into our churches that don't know Jesus as we might like to be as well.
1: Mm. um it's interesting kind of susie mentioned the kind of time pressures there i've wondered for a long time actually whether sort of time pressure and particularly time pressure is related to season of life you know the parenting stage that you're in now is that something we don't talk perhaps enough about as churches because i often i think i come across christians who can sometimes even feel almost guilty that they're not doing more in terms of evangelism but then you look at what their schedule is like with the job and the kids and so forth but actually to go, there's just not the the spare capacity. How as churches can we perhaps better help people have perhaps a more realistic expectation of what they can do with the time they have and the season of life they're in?
2: Mm, Yeah, I do think you're right. I think there can be a lot of really unhelpful guilt attached to our evangelism. And I was actually last night speaking with uh, Dundee CU as they prepare for their events week in a couple of weeks and uh, chose the title, Why It's Okay to Patch Events Week. Because actually I think it's really important for us to consider our motivations about why we would want to share Jesus with our friends. And if it is out of guilt, I think then that can lead to actually some really twisted kind of efforts at evangelism. Um, It's not really out of a desire for them to know Jesus, because I guess if we're feeling guilty, then our picture of God is of someone who Demands that we bring people to know Him, but it's not actually maybe someone who loves us and understands where we're at in this season of our life and maybe the difficulties that we're having. You know, there's not that sort of sense yeah. of a loving God. So who is it that we're trying to bring these people to? And if it is that sort of nasty taskmaster God, who's like, I demand this many people from you every month, um, I think that can that's not helpful at all, and we're not bringing people um, to know the Jesus that that we want to and the, and the God of the Bible.
1: Just one other question on that. Um, Susie, as you were t- talking there, it really intrigued me that you've hit upon quite a fascinating idea that I think uh, I think we're worth exploring more, which is actually the idea that the way that you do evangelism actually says a lot about the God that you believe in. I mean, it, it occurred to me, of course, if you're doing evangelism out of guilt, that doesn't just say something about God, but also, in a sense, if you're not careful, that's made evangelism all about you, right? Mm-hmm. You're now not doing evangelism because Jesus is the best news ever. You're doing evangelism because it's the only way to deal sort of with this sort of guilt trip thing you've got going on. And, and it's totally messed up if if that's the motivation. Mm-hmm. So getting that motivation right for evangelism is crucial, right?
2: Absolutely. It is absolutely right. Um, and then, yeah, if you'll allow me, I'll share a little bit of, of how that's kind of gone for me throughout my life. Um, so I started out, um, I don't come from a Christian background, started coming to faith um, kind of around uni, so I'd been given my Gideon Bible in school. Big shout out to the Gideons um, because it, it really does work. You put the word of the Lord in people's hands and it speaks. And the Lord speaks through his word. So I, I was really fascinated with this God that I was reading about and um, and went on into uni, and then met Christians. to you know, met this girl who who lived next door to me. And I think I th- kind of thought, oh, Christians are these moral people. They're quite judgy. Um, and she just completely wasn't like that at all. And so it was really fascinating, very open about her faith. So anyway, through this, I came to faith, but I had no sort of Bible knowledge or Bible background, family. So how do you start walking in the Christian life? How do you start following Jesus? And it was just really copying people and listening to what they're saying and doing what they're saying and I picked up quite quickly this very rules-based system of like oh if the CU says there's a meeting at this time and it's important well you better go that's how God loves you and they also had this kind of mysterious thing called a quiet time couldn't quite get my head round it's very quiet and it seemed to happen in the morning which I wasn't very good at but um if you did it in the evening and you fell asleep that was a big no-no because God was really offended um so I got into this kind of rules-based way. And then evangelism was about, yeah, it's just another rule. You just have to do it. Do you know, you're trying to really earn God's approval. And so that made that evangelism really, well, do you know, who was I actually trying to introduce? Why was it good news? I mean, it wasn't really good news. It didn't feel like good news, but it was just something that you had to do. So then it becomes about, it's very formulaic. I must get them in the door to this event, hear about Jesus, to receive Jesus. And they get their get out of hell free card in their back pocket and done, tick. Um, it's not actually about a love for the person, or a desire to be in their company, or actually thinking that, yeah, that they're going to enjoy knowing Jesus. So yeah, I think motivation is really, really important.
0: Hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot that you said there that, that I, I I personally resonate with with too. There, Susie, just thinking particularly what it looks like as a as a young Christian. It's so much easier, isn't it, to think, okay, this is what we do, and this is what we don't do, and how did how did things change for you as you kind of you're able to now reflect on that as quite a, a legalistic way of, of viewing your Christian life and, and evangelism? What was it that shifted for you and kind of changed your attitude and, and motivation when it
2: came to sharing the gospel? Mm. Well, essentially, it was a different God. Do You know, I don't quite know where to place my salvation now, and I've just left that with Jesus because I think it's just unhelpful for me to obsess about that. Um, but yeah, I came to realise that this god that i was trying to do all these things for was not actually the god of the bible do you know I met, I met a lady who came to church who just was very different i was like oh she's not like these other people this is weird what's going on here and just as we explored more things i just started to realize well the god that i've managed to get into my head here somehow is just not the same god this is you know a picture of this really mean nasty demanding being. Um, so, yeah, it's a complete transformation of my whole life, realizing that it just changes absolutely everything, the God that you know, doesn't it? Mm.
0: And, and especially now, just looking at all the things that you are involved in, I mean, I imagine people are probably quite surprised to have heard you say earlier on that actually you don't have that many opportunities and if if I was listening, I'd be thinking, "Oh gosh, well, if she doesn't and she's involved in all these different areas of ministry, then what hope do I have um what would you say What would you say to those people who might be thinking that right now i mean how how do you get involved what what should we do i mean How do you kind of join together those dots of changing and shifting that kind of behavioural attitude to seeing that this is a different God and it's actually his goodness that propels us and drives us out? Um, So what what does that look like for
2: you with limited opportunities? How do you Mm -hmm. make the most of it? Okay, so I think that's two kind of slightly different questions is how they've come into my head. Um, And the first one would be to say, well, how come I don't have all these opportunities, and how will other people have them? Well, actually, I think one of the problems in terms of having opportunities to share Jesus is if you work in ministry, because I'm not sitting. Uh, do you know, obviously, none of us are sitting in desks next to people, but do you know, I'm not rubbing shoulders with well, what I call ordinary people <laughs> having come to faith, not from a Christian background, mm-hmm. um, every day so I do spend a lot of time with Christians which is one barrier to actually being able to share Jesus um, and that's something that as I as I look to graduating things I'll be wanting to try and redress that and just have more time to spend with people who, d- who don't know anything about Jesus because it's just natural, isn't it? It just is how you live your life the fact that they're observing it, it's the things that you're chatting about, it's Yeah, all these ways in which you can share him. Um, And then to go on to the other question is, how do I then with with limited time uh, find ways to share him? Um, I'll be perfectly honest. I just steal ideas from other people. I really do enjoy, I genuinely enjoy just listening to evangelists speaking. And I think actually it's a wonderful thing to do for our faith. Do you know, if your faith is feeling tired or dry in any way, why would you not listen to an evangelist? (laughs) Because these are people who are incredible about communicating how beautiful Jesus is. And yeah... It's just so heartwarming to be able to listen to an evangelist. So um, I do listen to a lot of this kind of stuff. And so both in terms of listening to things about motivation and character and all those things, but also then um, listening to people talking about the practical things that they've done. Um, and just this week, I was up, uh, listening to a Passion for Evangelism event where somebody was sh- talking about jars of joy that's an idea that they've had um and so i've ordered some jars and my plan is to just put some things in them for um young people around my daughter's age who they should have been doing exams the schoolwork is unbelievably stressful they're just everybody's like up to hideo and i will just put in some nice things for them and just a little note and it's really starting i'm not excuse me giving them a gospel or anything at this stage it's just that initial mm. step um is where i'm going to be starting with that
1: mm. do you know it's funny i'm like i'm like you uh susie i think all of my good ideas i've stolen from others so i've just made a note of jars of joy but you know what I like about that is too is also it doesn't need to be. Sometimes I think we do over over complicate mm. things. But you know, if your gift is, is 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 hospitality and generosity to others, then use it. I mean, it's been interesting that uh, it's funny before the before when I logged on before we press record on the show, you you folks were talking about baking, but actually there is a baking link here because one of the th- one of the evangelism sort of oh well, she wouldn't call it an evangelism techniques. One of the things my wife has been very good at over the last few months as she will just randomly bake cakes and deliver them to neighbors and just say you know hey we're all feeling a bit low have a chocolate cake yeah and it's only really good relationship now we know Right now, in our case, because COVID, we can't leverage those. But we're, we're already thinking things like, you know, we'll come the summer when we're out of the pandemic. We can probably try and do like a barbecue once a month or something and and bring some, you know, invite folks around and sort of see what happens. Um, it's pretty low key. Deliver a chocolate cake and then, you know, commit. to so maybe throw something on the barbie, you know, in July or August. Um, but it's but it's great. And sometimes it doesn't need to be complicated. Mm-hmm. I do wonder whether sometimes we've overcomplicated evangelism that we think you know unless we've got some clever technique mastered that it's not going to work so i i, I love the idea of stealing the best ideas and i love the idea of jars of jars of joy
2: yeah i think you're right i think it can become overcomplicated, complicated and i think that's going back to what we discussed before is do we believe in a god who absolutely adores us who delights in us who we are entering into partnership with as we seek to share the good news of of jesus So there's no sense in which he's sitting there going, oh, that's not a very good attempt, is it? Do you know, quite the opposite. Instead, it's like we're so secure in his love. We are free to try stuff. We're free to try creative new ideas, free to give stuff a go. It might not work at all. But it's sharing his love, and that's it as well, isn't it? When we share a chocolate cake, it doesn't need to come with a massive, big, long, like, oh, and I'm sharing this because I want you to know the love of Jesus. And, you know, it could just be a a gesture of that God loves and so we love, and that speaks to people.
1: Yeah, somebody once said, um, I forget who this was, because I I always remember quotes, and never remember who said them, but somebody once said, what you win them with, you win them to, and I do wonder whether... You know, back to where we said at the start, that if if the, you know, we have this model of a God who's got us on a kind of celestial hamster wheel working ourselves to death mm-hmm. to sort of service this particular guilt trip model of evangelism, people are going to see that. Mm-hmm. And we're either not careful, we're going to just make people like ourselves, or people are going to look at it and go, man, you talk about peace and joy and one whose yoke is easy, but like, man, you look stressed out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm just not sure that's an attractive vision of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I realised that wasn't a question, by the
0: way. That was more a statement. <laughs> I you know. uh, Susie, you um, before we started recording, you were telling us about these two women that you came uh, back into contact with during the pandemic. I mean, you mentioned jars of joy, but um, could you tell us a little bit about about them? What other opportunities have you had to um engage others with with Jesus during this very difficult time?
2: Yeah, um, I think God is just unbelievably gracious. He is so good to us, and I think. Certainly, as I look through my life and the older I get, um, there's just more regret and more missed opportunities and more like, oh, i didn't I do that? And yet God is just so, so gracious. So, yes, I was just sharing with Christy before we started um, just how... I had run, fallen out of contact with people who were really good friends um, who don't yet know Jesus, but who just love spending time with, you know, really nice women. And over the course of lockdown, through just being outside a little bit more, I ran bang smack. Well, not bang smack. I was two metres apart. Let me be quite clear about that. <laughs> um, but I ran into them and was able to then pick up the friendship again and, and get chatting again and... Sometimes, yeah, it's not helpful for us to just get stuck in guilt and just think we're, because the Lord provides new opportunities is so good for us. And then one of the other things I was involved in, snitched this idea as well, fabulous idea, many people did it, it was a sort of form of nativity trail over the Christmas period so obviously everybody's stuck not able to do much the only thing you can do is go out for a walk all the kids stuff I mean normally it's completely frenetic if you've got a small child at Christmas so it's like party and service and dress up for this on Sunday and do this 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 and then nothing for them um, so with a bunch of friends just in my local area we got together and we decided okay we're all going to decorate a window in a different way with something that's got fairy lights or some sort of light in it anyway um, and that's what we did, and set up a trail, and um, then people could come round, follow the map, and my own particular window. I decided to go for a Harry Potter theme, um, because we could have Lumos with the the light, and um, we oh, just had nice. all that kind of tat in the house that we could fling in a window. Um, <laughs> And alongside you know, a quote from Dumbledore about darkness and light, we had Jesus talking about how Jesus is the light. And then people were collecting letters in each window to make the sentence, Jesus is the light of the world, and getting a little goodie back at the end of it with a little flyer that they could then go on and and read some more if they wanted to. So just quite a simple thing to set up. Um, And I don't know if that's reached many people, but I know that it's okay because God will use it as he chooses to use it.
1: There's so many things we could talk about there. I love the uh, there's a whole sub discussion there on how you use kind of popular culture like Harry Potter and other things, uh, in evangelism. And actually, it's interesting, I heard a variation on that example, uh, Susie. One of some of the churches that I know were encouraging people over Christmas to do the window decoration thing, and then they gave them a little QR code Mm -hmm. that they put in the window as well. And so, people like the window were always getting our phones out and scanning you QR codes, and it would take you to uh, you know a really good kind of video resource um so i love the window idea one last question because we're coming to the the top of the the show and it's a very simple one but I think, I think it really helped people you talked a lot about you know borrowing ideas from others finding good ideas and adapting them and i love the creativity there but of course you know you're plugged into things you know where to find those things for someone listening to this who's like you know that's there's some great ideas there and i love the idea of using other ideas well, how do you find those ideas where where do you go where are some of your go-to places one of the things we love doing at solas is directing people to to great resources out there so i mean if there's any particular places you want to name just just name them but folks listening to this where would you recommend they perhaps take a look to go hunting for those great ideas so they can either either just take or adapt for themselves
2: yeah. Well, I'm part of a, quite a vibrant community of female evangelists. It's called Passion for Evangelism. We're on Facebook there. And that is an absolute minefield of incredible ideas. Just cannot believe the level of creativity and the fun things and the just stepping out of the ordinary things that people are generating from there. Really, so so great ideas coming from there, Um so I would direct women to that certainly. And then, in terms of more the kind of less maybe practical, like creative ideas, but more the heart stuff and the motivation, and just uh, yeah, allowing Jesus to to win you again and afresh. I, I do like to listen to a lot of um, what comes out of Speak Life. Some really positive, great contributions there. I was listening to Christy herself just the other night using oh, no. a barrage of long words. <laughs>
0: oh no don't say that I hope right, it right. helps you fall asleep but
1: <laughs> Susie it's been an absolute kind of pleasure and delight talking to you thanks for your, your honesty thanks mm. for being so down to earth and thanks for just so much practical wisdom uh, in there so uh, so thanks for joining us on the show
2: thank you for having me it's been lovely
1: and uh, Chrissy and I uh, will be back in two weeks time uh, with uh, another guest and a fresh episode of Pep Talk so to all of you at home wherever you are Thanks for listening and uh, we'll uh, catch you again soon. Bye for now.